Um, I'm really excited about what God's going to do as well, which is fantastic. So, hi, I'm Dima, and I want to speak to you today um, about something God's put in my heart, which is, the title is Sent Surrendered. Can you all hear me all right? This sounds very echoey from here, but it's probably because I can hear myself in lots of directions. Um, so, Sent Surrendered. And it's the title I felt God giving me for today. So just to recap the last few weeks, um, Jim spoke a few weeks ago about being apostolic. I don't know if you can remember that. Don't worry if you can't, because I'm going to tell you all about it. Um, being apostolic means um, that we are all sent. So we're going to look into that a bit later on. Alex spoke a few weeks before that on the ripple effect. Can you remember that? It's a very good talk where he said that every single thing we do has an effect on someone else, but it's an accumulative effect. So whenever we, um, he was talking about um, Eugene and Bia, who are we are looking after in Thailand at the moment. He said, whenever you send them an encouraging text or give them five pounds or whatever it is you want to do, you're investing in them and making them stronger. And the ripple effect of that is they will then invest in the other people around them, they've got about 200 people all over the world that they look after. And the ripple effect of that is that they will then be investing in the 200 or so people that they're in contact with. So your little tiny investment has a massive ripple effect. So we're going to be looking a bit about that too. And um, last week or the week before, I think Richard spoke on, um, he asked us a question. He said, what are you willing to give up? And he asked us, what are we willing to surrender before God? And I just felt today, God really, that's the main thing God wants to ask us today. What are we willing to surrender? Are we willing to surrender our hopes and our dreams, all of ourselves to him? So as we go and as he sends us, we're powerful and effective because he's with us. But if we go, if we are sent and as we go and if we go surrendered, he can do so much more in us and through us. So that's your invitation today. So at the end of today, we're going to have a little, hopefully, a time of um, worship again. It's been an amazing time of worship so far today, hasn't it? Just coming into God's presence. So we're going to hopefully have more time to connect with God at the end. And we're just going to have an opportunity to respond if you want to. Yes, God, I'm here. I'm available. I'm fully surrendered to you. And I'm fully going to go wherever you lead me. Does that sound all right? Good. Great. So, before we start, I wanted to make four declarations that I felt God saying, and declarations are basically, I will speak them out because I feel like that's what God wants us to do, and if you agree with them, just agree with them in your heart and say, yes, I want this for my life, and just try and receive it and say, yes, I agree with this. If you don't, just let it float. It's fine. Okay. So, the first one is, we will live to know him more. We can only bring an increased awareness of his presence and bring change to the atmospheres around us if we're deeply connected to him. Deeper intimacy with God enables us to carry the presence of God with us wherever we go. So if you feel like you want to commit to know him more, just say, yes, amen, I receive that, whatever you want to say. Great. Second thing, we will live to see God do what only he can do through us. It's not what we can do, but what we see him do that counts. So this is my little illustration of um, the fact that we carry the kingdom of God with us, and he likes to use us as conduits 
to make his will happen on earth. So I like to use a little illustration of a business model. So let's say Father God is the business owner and he's spent ages developing this business and then suddenly he has a son and a daughter because he's got Adam and Eve and he says right um, you guys you haven't got a clue what you're doing but I think you guys will be really good at running this business and Adam and Eve were like okay and um, so they like took over the garden and and God gave them complete full free reign but God's will was still being done in the garden because they were in constant communion with him. They kept talking to him. They asked him for advice. And so through them, God's will was being done. As soon as they started listening to other voices, his will wasn't, was no longer being done. And that is still the same is still true today. If you want to extend God's kingdom on earth and his rule, if you want to see um, as it, uh, on earth as it is in heaven, in this day and in this age, the only way you're going to do that is by letting God work through you. He still wants to use you. He still has put you in charge, but he wants you to hear his voice and release that through him. Is that okay? So um, third point is, so if you want that, agree with it, sorry. Third point, we will live to make it as easy as possible for those around us to meet and encounter and follow him. He's the one that changes the world, but we also have a role to play. So when we're making um, disciples, when we're making Jesus followers, we're not making them followers of the written word, we're making them followers of the living word. And we want people to really run with the fact that God is their teacher, and that God will teach them and lead them and guide them. So if you want to be involved in that, say amen. Um, we live to bring the culture of heaven to earth. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we will declare, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Great. Okay. So, um, let me just pray for us. So, thank you, Father, for those um, declarations and those truths and those things that you want to see us um, grow in in the next season, Father. And I just pray that you would release those truths now lord in this place release it among us lord thank you god that every single person here is able to carry your kingdom with them wherever they go lord and release your kingdom and release your blessing and god I just pray that you'd help um, give us just an increased awareness of that today lord amen right so in our sending there's two things that god has sent us two ways that we can bring the kingdom one is through prayer and the other one is through obedience um, prayer is the one that really paves the way and where the, the battle is really fought and won. And then obedience is kind of like coming in and mopping up the spoils. Um, when you follow God and you're obeying his voice, it's like actually something has already paved the way in order for that miracle to happen or for that person to know about Jesus or whatever it is. And so um, I'll just talk quickly on prayer. We've got a prayer meeting this week at Advance, like Jonathan said. So if you're really, really inspired after this, please go and pray. And it's really, really powerful. So some say that every great move of God in history is preceded by a prayer movement. So, for example, there's the Hebridean revival, which started with a few um, older ladies gathering and praying for their region. I always think that's quite funny because um, loads and loads of land and not very many people. But they were really praying for the people in that region. And through their prayers, 
God did something amazing. The Holy Spirit broke out. Duncan Campbell comes along in his obedience and he mops up all the spoils, takes all the credit, which is great. Um, So I just wanted you to see really the value of prayer. Same thing happened in the Welsh revival. Some people say that um, a move of God will only last as long as the prayer meetings that preceded them. So if you don't, if you stop praying, then what's happening? Like, we're not moving forward anymore. So let's keep praying. Um, There's a movement in America in the 60s and 70s called the Jesus Movement, which some people would say has burst what we now understand as the modern charismatic movement. So everything from the way we engage with God in worship, even the songs we sing, um, the way we read our Bible, the way we connect with God as Father, um, all of these things really was in modern day times was burst because of this movement in America and there's um, an intercessory prayer called Lou Engel and he was just asking God, God where is the prayer movement that burst this, I can't see any records of anyone praying in history, where's the prayer movement that burst this great move of God in America and he felt God show him all the um, mothers just in their homes crying out for their children because this was in the 60s and the 70s where people had just completely gone off the rails in terms of God and just wanted to get involved in everything not godly and he just saw mothers on their own in their houses just crying out for their children and I thought wow what a powerful picture there wasn't like in this amazing prayer movement and there wasn't like directed that we're going to save the nation or the world this was just God, do something. You've got to do something. Something's broken here and it needs fixing. And I just think, wow, the power of our prayers, if every single one of those prayers is like a drop of water and the accumulative power of those prayers ended up being this massive flood that has now spilled all over the world. And it's just amazing. Same thing in the Middle East. We're hearing lots of stories at the moment of both God doing amazing things in the church and in Muslim communities. Apparently at the moment there's upwards of 17 pockets of revival just in the Muslim communities at the moment, which I think is absolutely amazing. And that has been burst from mainly people in the West, actually, over the last 20 years or so. I know I have been sending arrow dart prayers every now and then. God, please bless that person, blah, blah, blah. But the accumulative power of those prayers is now seeing God do amazing things in the Middle East. Um, Your prayers are so powerful, they can get you into North Korea, if that's where you feel like going, spiritually, and really changing some stuff there. Your prayers are so powerful, they can get you into 10 Downing Street. They can get you into, I don't know, anywhere. um, There's a story in the Bible about Elijah, the prophet, and He's like one step ahead of the king who's trying to kill him all the time. And the king's going, what's going on? And he's like, well, that guy, can he knows the secret thoughts that you have in your bedroom that nobody else knows about. Why is that? Because he's got um, power and influence through his prayers and through his relationship with God to be in places that no one else can reach. So be encouraged to pray. Your prayers really do mean something and they're worth something. So prayers are important. Obedience mops up the spoils. So please go out and obey God. Jesus says, follow me. And he did what the Father's doing. And he himself was led by the Holy Spirit. So follow his example. Go and mop up some spoils. Because there's a lot out there. Right, second point. We are sent in partnership with God. So he doesn't send us alone. 
the Great Commission in Matthew 28, when Jesus sent out his disciples into all the world, he said, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, blah, 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 blah. And the end of that bit, he says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Is it the very end of the age yet? Nope. So God is still with us. So his promise is to be with us. And sometimes we are following him and his lead, and he's with us, and sometimes he is following us and our lead. And he d- it's not like a magic fairy or a genie, so don't start thinking like that. But it is like um, a friendship or relationship. It is like a father um, whose son wants to go to the skate park. That happens in our house a lot. And, and the father saying, okay, right, we'll do that, and going with them. Um, or for me, a daughter who always wants to buy ice cream. And so for me saying, okay, let's do that. So God loves to do that as well with you. So if you want to do something, ask God and see what he says. Um, third point is that we are all sent. So this is following on from what Jim was talking about, about us being apostolic, but not apostles. So I feel like while I'm talking about us being um, apostolic but not apostles, I also feel like God really wants um, to raise up more apostles um, in church, not just necessarily here, but I mean in church generally, but also in in the world, apostles to the world. So I'm going to explain roughly what an apostle is, roughly what it means to be apostolic, and just listen to God while I'm explaining this to you. If you feel like, yes, I think that might be me, that sounds like me, then I just want you to pray about it some more with God and just ask him whether this is something he might be calling you into. So to be an apostle is, the Greek word is apostolos. So the apo means away from, and stolo is the shoot, the branch, the twig springing up from the root. And then the S makes it a name. So Apostle, capital A, meaning it's a name, it's a governmental office. Jesus used the word when he sent out his disciples, he called them apostles, because he was referring to um, an office that was already known in Greek culture, which when the Greeks go and invade somewhere, they would send an apostle to go and culturalize that nation to make it more like the home nation. They want to make it more Greek. So they want them to think like Greeks. They want them to act like Greeks. They want them to appreciate Greek art and Greek literature and all that kind of stuff. Um, so when Jesus was using this word, he was like, I'm sending you as apostles. So you're trusted. I'm trusting you with this. I'm sending you equipped. You might not feel equipped. You might not have a clue what you're doing. But you know something of the kingdom of God. You know something of the kingdom of heaven. And I'm sending you to make the world or like more like heaven. That's your job. So for us to all be apostolic, that's our job. That's what he's asking us to do. But apostles particularly, like I said, is a governmental role. So they will be more looking after how, what that looks like within a church or what that looks like in the world context. I just want to read a quote from Martin um, Sharp, who helped me with this to, this week. And he said, an apostle is a fathering servant who recognizes and releases the God-given character, gifting and calling in people, and then helps to cultivate a community of such people who are the continuation of the incarnation, so that when the world looks at the church, they see Jesus. So do you feel called to make 
to help make the world, the church look more like Jesus. In which case, that would be something that an apostle does. If you don't, that's fine. You might, but we are all called to make our little bit of earth more like heaven. Um, when I was on holiday um, in, I was up on holiday in Newcastle with my family, and a, this fight broke out between tiny little kids. Honestly, they were this big, and and a few who were about this big, and. They were, the little ones were picking on the bigger ones, and they were really like the little, the bigger ones were just like, um, this isn't fair. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, no adults around, so I started getting involved, and I'm like, what's going on? And I was trying to like just tell them to go away. This is ridiculous. You're like three and six, um, but they weren't listening to what I said. So anyway, after quite a while of negotiating, I managed to convince the little ones to go away before they got themselves in trouble, and the older ones to go and tell an adult, and don't worry, I'll vouch for you, because I've seen the whole thing. So I managed to split them up in the end. Went back over to my family. My um, children were like, Mom, why do you bother getting involved? This sort of stuff happens all the time in school. And I was like, okay, fine. And then my husband, God bless him, was like... Um, Dima, we're only here for a week. You can't change Newcastle in a week. And I was like, no, I can't change Newcastle in a week. But I am called to do whatever's in front of me to make that look more like heaven. That wasn't looking like heaven. Um, so God, you know, I wanted to do that. So that's where God was leading me at that point in time. I want to start in my heart so my heart looks more like heaven. I want to then go to my home and my family. I then want to go to the world around me, wherever I go, whatever I do. I want to make um, earth more like heaven. That's what God's asked me to do. So, I want to tell you some stories now from our amazing, lovely lot here, Hope Church. Um, I have been really enjoying Richard's incredibly long series on Hebrews 11. I think, <laughs> I think can you really squeeze any more out? It's like, yes, I've got more. Um, but it's absolutely brilliant. I love the way he's gone through. If you don't know Hebrews 11, it is, um, it's a chapter in the Bible that goes through all the heroes of the faith. And, um, and he's basically taken every single character and shown us how ordinary they are and how, how um, little faith they actually had in their lives and how on earth did they get themselves into Hebrews 11. And it kind of makes me wonder that they kind of got themselves into Hebrews 11 and went, huh, what am I doing here? Um, just because even like their act of faith was probably so small and so insignificant to them compared to all the mistakes and all the rubbish that they've had in their lives. And so I've really enjoyed that series because it's just really helped me just to think, wow, just ordinary people and ordinary effects but have extraordinary consequences. And the, um, the ripple effect, as Alex was saying, of those things that affect generations to come, which is absolutely powerful. So I've decided to pull out a few stories from Hope Church for you, so I hope you're not too embarrassed. Um, so I just wanted to kind of celebrate what God's doing among us. So it's our own little Hebrews 11. So here's some stories. So bringing the kingdom looks like starting an alpha course in your school and seeing people healed and saved and set free. So Zach and Blake were leading the way in that this year, and God's grace and favor was on them to do that. Yes. (laughs) 
Or like starting a prayer meeting at school, the ripple effect of which will see hundreds saved, healed, and set free over the years. And that's Gordon's story. Um, so Gordon started a prayer meeting when he was at school, which was quite a... All right, details, details. Um, anyway, the point is... It was a long time ago, and the ripple effect of that is still carrying on. God is still doing amazing things through that. So get started. Whenever you get started, it doesn't matter. God likes to do amazing things through us. Um, bringing the kingdom looks like our really much-loved friend, Josie, who died earlier this year. She had such a clear revelation from God that we're all covered in gold paint. Is it on the screen? I just wanted you to see that picture, because I remember when Josie had this picture it was in small group and it was a picture she didn't say I am covered in gold paint she said we are all covered in gold paint it was such a clear picture that she had but before she died it was only really her that got it it was only her that understood what it meant and she was just on fire with this picture she every single time at small group she'd come in and she's like I was splashing gold paint on everyone wherever I went this week. And she was telling us story after story of how God had just used her to bless people. The gold paint, by the way, represents God's spirit and his presence and his love and all the goodness. So it is like splashing bits of the Holy Spirit on people or splashing bits of kingdom on people, releasing the kingdom wherever you go. And I thought it was such a beautiful picture. And I loved the way that she caught it before she died. And I just wanted us all to catch it as well. Know that you're all covered in gold paint. Bringing the kingdom looks like Pat, who was supporting a dear friend through the last stages of cancer. And that's happening at the moment. And this friend is falling more and more in love with Jesus every day. And Pat and Brian have had the privilege of walking with her through that. They watch as their friend responds to God, God's personal revelations through the Bible and revelations that show her how precious she is to him and what she can expect in the life to come. So even through difficult times, God wants to use us, even in the midst of our difficult times. Bringing the kingdom looks like Dan Oliver, who is putting the chairs out on Sunday morning ready for people to come and encounter God, but then he is living um, as a beacon of light the rest of the week with his colleagues and his flatmates. Thank you, Dan. I don't know where you are, but thank you. Bringing the kingdom looks like Heather, who's always ready to listen, who's always non-judgmental, and who leaves everyone from the youngest to the oldest and those who know Jesus and those who don't, feeling like they have come away refreshed because they've just spent time with Jesus. Thank you, Heather. Bringing the kingdom looks like Colin, who's unafraid to risk his image or reputation because the risk of missing out on an adventure of seeing what God can do is too great. God helps us all to be as no, God help us all to be as passionate, as faith filled, as big thinking and risk taking. Help us not to be afraid to just have a go like he does. So I just like Hebrews 11, when they say at the end, I don't have time to tell you. But I don't have time to tell you about everyone else who sat here. I don't have time to tell you about Tom, who led us in worship, um, about Rachel, his mother, and Ellie, and Claire, and Joan. And I did want to say something about Joan. Is she still here? Joan is amazing. The way that she prays, she has affected so many people's lives. Probably people she hasn't even met or doesn't even know or wouldn't be able to point out in a crowd she has affected so many people's lives through her prayers so let's all be more like Joan okay
Um, would the band like to come back up, please? We're going to have a time of response. So I said at the beginning that God wants to send us surrendered. So, um, so what I mean by that is that God can do so much more through us when we are fully surrendered to him, when we fully say, God, have your way. The presence of God fills the spaces that are totally surrendered to him. If you're looking for meaning, purpose, freedom, joy, peace, love, happiness, it's all going to come through you being willing to surrender. Jesus, just before he died, he said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds and those seeds produce many fruits i feel like today there's people who are afraid to let go of things um they're afraid to let go and surrender those things let them fall to the ground and die because either that's part of their identity as part of who god made them in which case they don't want to let go of them which is fine or it's a promise that god's given them and they don't want to let go of them because they want to hold on to the promise because you know god has promised it to them or it could be something in your life that god wants dead but you're refusing to let go of because it's just it's been a habit or like a personality trait or something like that um and i had a picture of um a tree with like dead bits on it and those bits just they're dead already they just need to drop to the ground you need to let go of them you need to drop them to the ground and when Jesus says that when a seed drops to the ground and then it produces many more seeds, he's basically saying anything that you bury in him, if you're willing to give it up and bury it in him, surrender it to him, he wants to bring that thing back to life. And he'll bring it back to life in such a way that's so glorious and so beautiful and so much more fruitful than it was before. Trust him. He's so good. He loves you. He knows what he's doing. You can trust him. Give it all to him and see what he wants to do with the things that you give him.